Need a CMO combo? Are you holding out for a CMO combo till the end of the night? One that's got to be strong, got to be fast, and it's got to be packed with marketers' insights? Well, you're in luck. And the CMO combo that's come along definitely fits the bill as we're joined by Elise Weiner, CMO of Gen Phoenix, and we're talking innovation. Specifically, brands making innovations in environmental sustainability and how they can ensure these innovations get the attention they deserve, even if the brand isn't a household name. Hi, Elise. Welcome to CMO Combo. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's very, very dark and very, very cold in Manchester, but I'm <laughs> looking forward to having some enlightening, warming conversation on CMO Combo today with you, uh, Elise. There you go. Me too. Um, and it's going to be a very interesting conversation we're having as well, because it's all about innovation, which is one of my favorite things, and it's particularly how the small brands make it known they're actually making these innovations um which i think is a very very important topic to be talking about particularly with how busy the marketplace is how busy social media is these days it can be hard to make noise so yeah, yeah. very very excited for this discussion i am as well thanks for having me uh before we do get into that good stuff at least maybe you could tell us a bit about your background and, and why this topic in particular was so important for you today yeah, absolutely. So um, prior to my current role at Gen Phoenix, I was actually a partner at venture capital firm Material Impact. Uh, Material Impact is a Boston-based venture capital firm that invests really at the intersection of material science innovation and impact, um, hence the name. So uh, the fund really makes direct investments into brands that are working to solve for large-scale real-world problems in areas like food and sustainability and water and healthcare. Um, and prior to entering the venture capital space, I actually ran marketing for a number of tech startups in the Boston area. So I have been around a lot of startups, both as an operator, but also as a in direct investor. And my role as a venture capitalist was always to be kind of that hands-on commercial marketing resource for entrepreneurs that were entering the market with their technologies for the first time. And that's really my background is working with brands at different sizes, different scales, and helping them to position their technology, help them launch product for the first time, help them understand their customers, and help them think through how they can market effectively with often a very limited budget or limited experience commercializing product. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Elise. Um, let's lay a bit of foundation. Um, could you tell us a bit about Gem Phoenix? Because I, I think it's a really cool sounding brand. The kind of stuff sure. you, you, you're doing over there sounds really, really interesting. Absolutely. So, yeah, let's hear a bit more about that as a sort yeah. of setting the scene. So, you know, while I was at Material Impact, one of the areas that I was um, especially focused on as an investor was really this area of sustainable next generation materials. So a number of fashion and footwear brands have made very ambitious kind of public commitments as it relates to reducing uh, their carbon footprint and looking for ways to translate kind of waste into new products and new offerings for the marketplace. The climate crisis is obviously a major challenge and fashion is actually a large contributor to the climate crisis, particularly if you look at kind of the landfills that we see around the world and a, you know, a big source of that waste comes from the fashion industry. So we had been looking at material impact at a lot of um, innovations in the next-gen materials category, people that were trying to replicate or replace traditional leather 
uh, with kind of new materials. So we've seen things like plant-based leather alternatives. Um, there are a number of startups commercializing, for instance, mycelium-based leather, which is really mushroom-based leather. And one of the things we look for at Material Impact is really um, innovations that are groundbreaking, but also the ability for those innovations to scale and have impact in a short period of time. Um, and we found Gen Phoenix, which is a UK-based manufacturer of a recycled leather material that has been around for 15 years serving the mass transportation category. So they had been manufacturing a recycled leather material, a sustainable um, material that's an alternative to leather for seating for transportation. So you have definitely sat on a Gen Phoenix seat if you have flown on any you know major commercial airline. They also create seating material for bus and railway operators. And really, you know, 15 years ago, the founder, Chris Bevan, um, you know, was really just very discouraged by the amount of waste um, that he saw from the leather industry. So if you can imagine, leather is typically, you know, is leather comes to manufacturers in the form of hides. Um, they can only use a part of that hide for the application. And so scraps and shavings that get discarded go to landfill. What Chris Bevan, the inventor of Gen Phoenix's technology, was able to do was to actually take all that leather waste and break it down to the fiber level. And then using the power of something called hydro entanglement, which is high pressured water, he's actually able to physically entangle those fibers again and build back a new recycled leather material that is just as, if not more durable than traditional leather, is lighter weight than traditional leather, um, and has the same kind of aesthetic and performance um, attributes of leather as well, which was extremely compelling to um, the transportation category because they were looking for highly durable materials, right? That could last a long time over 24 seven use um, that were, you know, extremely durable and also had characteristics like fire retardancy and other, and, you know, being antimicrobial, which are all important attributes for those very rigorous applications, if you will. Um, and the fact that it's lighter weight, you know, translates to fuel savings, which is particularly important for aviation. Um, and so they've been kind of doing, you know, manufacturing a sustainable recycled leather material, diverting you know, thousands of tons of waste from landfill using 100% um, recycled water and recycled energy, um, having zero waste to landfill themselves for a number of years. So before, I guess, sustainability was as mainstream and front and center as it is today, they had been kind of quietly um, manufacturing this circular sustainable material for this category for a long time. So at Material Impact, we were extremely impressed, not just by the innovation, but this absolute tremendous scale that this um, innovator was had been able to achieve. They can manufacture you know, up to 8 million square meters of material a year. They have a beautiful, I know it's insane. They have a beautiful state-of-the-art manufacturing facility. And when we had looked at all of these other innovations in the category, 
uh, they were really still, they're really still at kind of the pilot or lab scale. They require a tremendous amount of, of resource to be able to manufacture. And while it's, we're very excited about the future of those, of those innovations, this is a brand that's having impact and scale today. Um, and our belief system at Gen Phoenix is that sustainability only really matters at scale, right? You need to be able to hit the performance, the price, and the planet requirements of these kind of large-scale brands to be able to kind of go in and have the kind of impact, you know, as it relates to the climate crisis that you're trying to have. So we invested um, in Gen Phoenix alongside of customers of Gen Phoenix, Dr. Martin's, uh, Tapestry, which is the parent brand of Coach, Stuart Weitzman, and Kate Spade, and Jaguar Land Rover. Um, so seeing customers of the brand also come forward and making direct investments in that brand was just a tremendous kind of vote of confidence um, for us as lead investors. And I really just fell in love with this mission of translating waste. You know, we have this major waste problem, right? If we can take that waste and do something with it, um, and truly kind of close that loop, that was just something that resonated with me. And so I was serving as, you know, I would say part-time CMO for Gen Phoenix after we made the investment, which is uh, not atypical because that's kind of our model at Material Impact. But when the opportunity came around to for the full-time position and also to assume leadership over the consumer segment of their business, right, really focused on fashion and footwear, it was just an opportunity I couldn't pass up. So this is where I've landed and um, I'm just really enjoying the journey and the ride. Fantastic. Yeah. And yeah, as, as I said, like really, really interesting product, really interesting innovations. And it's something that we've all seemed to have interacted with, with as you said, like if it's not present on so many major airlines, I'm sure most sure. of the audience has sat in a seat like that at some point, which yeah. probably leads to the topic of this conversation is why haven't more people heard of gen phoenix then like why <laughs> why haven't these innovations been known about like i, I hadn't even heard of recycled leather until um i yeah. found out about you and the and the company so sure. yeah that's that's probably what we need to be talking about today is why aren't brands able to really show their innovations more effectively and why do why do they yeah. need to show their innovations more effectively yeah. um so Let's start off maybe at a fairly basic level and define what we mean by innovation for the context of this conversation, because it can mean so many different things in marketing circles. So, yeah, how are we defining the term innovation yeah. when in relation to what we're talking about today? Yeah, that's a great question. And, I, you know, it's very relevant because I think in this category in particular, innovation can mean a couple of different things. You know, the first is obviously on the technology side of things, right? So this is a completely disruptive idea, right? Taking waste and building back new material from it. Um, and I think what's also disruptive about it is we've seen a lot of alternative leather materials coming to market. Um, but, you know, like a lot of times the input into those materials, particularly if they're plant-based, the, the plants may not have kind of a purpose or a role to play in the end material, right? It's one thing to say, this is a material made up of this type of plant, but what is the purpose of that ingredient? And what's very innovative and exciting about Gen Phoenix's material is that that leather fiber actually plays a really important role in creating 
the performance of the end material, right? There's a lot of wonderful things about leather. It's long lasting, it's durable, it's beautiful. Um, it has both aesthetic and performance properties that are really critical for the applications and the way that we physically entangle those fibers, right? We don't just grind up a leather and slap it on an end material, right? We actually, it's, this is a, the, the company used to be called e-leather, which stands really for engineered leather because this is an engineering innovation. And so I think, you know, technology innovation and educating the market about what is recycled leather? Why does it matter? What purpose does it serve? That's one element of innovation, which is an obvious one, right? Especially from a technology brand perspective. What are we doing and introducing to the world that's new, that's category creating, and that's disruptive? But what's very interesting to me, particularly in the category of sustainability, is innovation as it relates to bringing new materials to market, or just business practices of large brands. So for instance, we introduced a, um, a line with Coach this year called Coachtopia. Um, we had been working with Coachtopia for a number of months, and our material can be found across the entire Coachtopia line that you see in market today. Coachtopia is almost like an innovation incubator within the larger Coach universe that was set up to completely disrupt the way that Coach has traditionally brought products to market. So Coach is a major kind of American heritage leather brand, right? They have a supply chain that has been built up over decades and decades. They have pro internal processes. This is how they bring materials to market. Now, what as you know, when you think about innovation, it's sometimes hard to break into to kind of a brand that is just so used to doing things a particular way. Coach recognized that and created Coachtopia, which is really like a startup within Coach that is able to actually quickly iterate and adopt new materials, get them out into the market learn from the market, and then bring those learnings back to, you know, iterate more and continue to expand that line with the aim of then integrating those innovations into the larger Coach universe. Also, Coachtopia was the first time that we actually are looking at a circular supply chain where we're looking at how do we take waste, bring that waste back through and create new product from that. That is very new for brands. Um, so the way that Coachtopia engaged with GenPhoenix, developed a product in under a year and got that product out to market with the goal of progress over perfection, it's that kind of out-of-the-box thinking that is really critical for brands that are really wanting to make a positive change and really wanting to combat the climate crisis, right? We can't just, business as usual, when it relates to kind of major challenges like climate, the climate crisis, is not going to work. We need to rethink the way we bring new materials to market. We need to rethink our supply chain. We need to rethink the way, you know, we as large brands typically um, innovate, right? It may mean bringing in technology startups to the table. It may mean bringing um, other, you know, organizations or regulatory bodies to the table. In my mind, innovation in this category takes a village. No one can go on it alone. And so seeing the Coachtopia example is a beautiful example of that really coming to life. And the line has had a tremendous reception in the marketplace. 
sold out like in its first two days on the market. Um, it's been heavily resonated with younger audiences, particularly that of Gen Z. Um, and I think it's also creating an example in the market that many brands are already and will try to emulate moving forward. I think that last point is really important. Setting that example, I think, is going to be incredibly important mm -hmm. in terms of corporate sustainability, brand sustainability. Um, and I think it's not something that just needs to be restricted to companies that are, I'm, I'm using quotation marks for people who are just listening, in the sustainability space. I think every brand sure. needs to consider That's themselves right. in the sustainability space at this point. You're right. It's, it's table stakes at this point, right? It's yeah. there's 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 pressure, I think, from the marketplace, from consumers, from government, right? Um, and it's just doing the right thing. But I think that um, as I mentioned, business as usual is not going to help solve for things. It's business as usual that has gotten us to the point where we are today. Um, and sometimes the role that um startups or tech innovators or marketers within those tech innovators have to play is to help brands get out of their own way and embrace new business models, embrace new ways of working. Definitely. And, and it's something that I think applies to both B2C and B2B as well. Um yeah. obviously there's been loads of studies about B2C uh, well, consumers. Um, being more conscious with like how they're selecting the brands they purchase from. They're, I think I sure. read something, it was like 70% of consumers would be willing to switch to a brand if they saw them as being more environmentally sustainable. And that's only going to increase, as you said, with Gen Z yes. coming through and eventually being the, they'll be the largest buying generation of all time or something. Right. And they're incredibly right. environmentally conscious. And even in B2B as well, like a lot of companies are putting in environment, the sustainability requirements into the FPAs, into the kinds of uh, partnerships they want to work on. So yeah, it's not something you can just sit on and ignore is these kinds of innovations. And it is something that needs to be shouted about as well. But That's then right. I guess there are some challenges to that as well. Like, if you're in a smaller brand who's making these amazing amazing innovations, how do you make sure people actually hear about them in the first place? Like what or let's reframe it actually. Like what's stopping us from hearing about these smaller brands making these big innovations? What are the obstacles that CMOs sure. need to overcome in order to yeah. Yeah, make sure their voice is heard? It, it it's it's very challenging. And you know, um, particularly when you're like an ingredient brand, right? You're kind of a, a brand that's enabling the end product. You're not the brand of the end product. And this is a challenge in B2B. And I think as marketers, we all want to be the Intel inside, right? We all want to be that ingredient brand that creates a halo effect around the product so that the larger brand wants to promote the smaller brand as a means of creating, you know, more credibility for the end product than they could alone. And that's really the goal I believe um, CMOs have, right? Is a lot of these large brands want to talk about sustainability in a credible way, right? Particularly, we've heard a lot about greenwashing, um, right? Overstating um, sustainability claims, using marketing as a tool to sell something that's green if when you really look under the hood, it's truly not. And then there's also this challenge that we've more recently heard about, which is green hushing, which is brands that are actually, you know, for fear of saying the wrong thing, saying nothing. And we, you know, are understanding to your earlier point that Gen Z and younger generations of consumers are demanding transparency. They want to look under the hood of a product. They want to know how materials are made. They want to know how their buying choices are having an impact on climate. 
Um, and so where I think the role of kind of the smaller brands, particularly CMOs of smaller brands, is helping to kind of um, acknowledge the role that we have to play in kind of convincing an, a consumer audience that this product is truly innovative and is truly sustainable. So it's not necessarily about, you know, getting making sure that your logo is next to your co-branded partner's logo, right? It's about storytelling and it's about having kind of data and, and a story that is compelling with the marketplace. So for instance, at Gen Phoenix, we um, have our own kind of sustainability initiatives we develop life cycle analyses where we share all of our sustainability data with our partners. Now, we are not going out and promoting that kind of we are the most sustainable brand in the world. What we're doing is generating credible, validated third-party data that our customers can, in fact, turn and use when they promote their own product as being, quote unquote, sustainable, right? And so I think, you know, the first step is, what data insight and insight can you give to your partner that they wouldn't be able to have alone if they hadn't worked with you? And when you're able to generate kind of that trust, but also, you know, provide that verified source of data information, that becomes a really powerful marketing story that that brand now has that they didn't have access to before, right? There, there's no way this brand could claim their material is sustainable had they not worked with you in the first place. And so highlighting you and your data and your story is going to help them tell that story to their end consumer. Um, I also, what I found really interesting is a lot of these large brands um, from a PR perspective, for instance, are often covered in kind of fashion publications, sometimes business publications, but they aren't considered tech brands, right? At the end of the day, a coach or a Doc Martens or any kind of major fashion footwear brand is not going to be necessarily get to play in this like tech innovation space. But by partnering with a brand like Gen Phoenix, now all of a sudden they are playing in that category. For instance, um, we at Gen Phoenix were approached by CES, which um, is the largest technology event in the world, put on in Vegas every year in January. Um, as investors at Material Impact, we have a long-standing relationship with the Consumer Technology Association. We've participated in CES for over a decade. And they reached out and said, we love what Gen Phoenix is doing with these fashion brands. We want to tell their stories to our technology audience. Can you come and speak at our event? That is something that those brands may not have had the opportunity to do had it not been for the Gen Phoenix relationship and Gen Phoenix's credibility in the technology innovation category. And now, you know, I'll be joined by the CMO of Coach and the CMO of Doc Martens on a panel about what it takes to scale sustainability innovation in fashion, which is a really exciting opportunity. Um, and again, it's not the traditional marketing of, can I put my logo next to your logo on a product? But it's, we're getting on a stage and we're talking about what it takes to partner with technology innovators and bring new innovations to market and have an impact in sustainability. And that's credible and authentic, right? And that, that feels like the right role for us to play as the technology partner. So I think there's kind of ways that you can, you know, at the end of the day, they, these brands want to sell product. They want to elevate their sustainability story. How can you, as the technology innovator in that equation, help them achieve those goals? 
And it's a win-win for everyone because in doing that, they're telling your story and that's going to help elevate your brand, but it's doing it in, in the right way and the authentic way, right? A way that's based in data and based in credibility and based in accepting the role that you have to play in that relationship. Fantastic. I mean, that sounds like a really, really interesting talk. And and it's it's interesting as well because it's um it's opening up these brands to a whole new audience they might not have been able to access without these innovations in place. And uh, I mean, forgive me if I'm wrong about this, but I don't imagine the CES audience having a huge overlap with the Doc Martin audience, at least in terms of how Doc Martin's perceived in the UK, at least. I don't know how it is over in the States, but yeah, like it's yeah, they, 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 you can make the business case for these kinds of innovations really effectively with that kind of stuff, with that kind of expansion of audience that might not have been possible That's previously. Right. That's a really good point. Absolutely. So as you said, like working with these brand partnerships can be really effective, but how do you make sure that you are actually getting the recognition? How do you make sure that the story isn't just all about Doc Martin or Coach? How do you, like, obviously you said it's not just about making sure your logo is right next to each other. It goes a bit deep in yeah, that, surely. That's right. Yeah, I think um, what's exciting, and we we discussed this earlier, is that now in this new category of sustainability, storytelling is so important. And as I mentioned, consumers want to know more about the product they're buying now than maybe they did in you know, previous generations. Gen Z wants to know, how are you recycling leather? Where is the leather coming from? Is it traceable? What tanneries are you working with, right? Um, for instance, uh, Coach Topia um, collaborated with Jen Phoenix on a video that went out on across their social channels where they actually came to our factory in the UK and toured the facility and walked through each step of how we translate waste into a new end material. That is unheard of traditionally for, you know, that kind of like, inside scoop to be shared with a broader audience. But how cool is it, right, as an end consumer to be holding a bag and say, wow, I, this is really cool. Like this product was made from a waste stream. Um, and I watched the way it was made, right? This isn't just them telling me it's made from a waste stream. They're showing me that it's being made from a waste stream, you know, and kind of educating consumers around how where their products come from, how they're made, and you know the individual impact that they have when they buy something um, from a line like this, that's tremendous, right? And so for instance, Doc Martens has, um, especially because Doc Martens is based in the UK and Jen Phoenix is based in the UK, as we prepare for launch, which will happen early next year, um, it has been not a traditional kind of supplier and end brand relationship. It's been a partnership. Uh, where we've kind of been at the table collaborating on how do we tell the story to the market? What's our message? What do, what data do we need to show? What video content do we need to show? Who do we want to invite into the factory to be able to share with them this experience and how the product is made? So having kind of a seat at that table and helping being, you know, help being a voice, the technology voice as that is so critical for the launch story that's been, you know, front and center for throughout the entire collaboration. Um, you know, Kenny Wilson, who is the CEO of Doc Martens, has done public interviews talking about um, why we invested in a recycled leather manufacturer, why it's important for the future of our brand, what kind of 
testing we've done internally with this material to ensure that it delivers up to the standards of durability that Doc Martens has, you know, been come to be known for. Um, and again, like teaching an audience about the fact that we worked with a technology innovator to go through performance trials and meet particular specs to ensure that it's as durable as the leather that you come to know from DMs. That's not typical either, right? But the market wants to know. They're they're embracing uh, the education. They because they have they believe they have a role themselves to play as it relates to the climate crisis and sustainability. And so, the more brands can be open and share, you know, to share these details, the more it is resonating with that group. The more trust is being built between the consumer and the brand, and the greater the loyal the brand loyalty will be over time. And we, as the sustainability partner, the technology partner, have a really important role to play in furnishing the right data and the right education to establish that connection and that trust. Fantastic. I mean, that transparency sounds sounds pretty daunting to some respects, but yeah, really <laughs> exciting. It reminds me of that old saying, like, nobody wants to see how the sausage gets made, but consumers but consumers do want to know how how the sausage gets made this day i mean literally like they want to know this is like a really fancy heritage sausage that they're having with their brunch but also in terms of the all the products they're using as well like we move beyond like this idea of like manufacturing and everything related to that being like this mystery thing and we just get the products at the end of it people do want to know where the stuff is coming from and if you can leverage that in a way that is showing off the innovations that you're doing that's a win-win at the end of the day absolutely yeah we've had so much success opening up our factory to tours that influence social media influencers sustainability um kind of thought leaders and media have come through and we've just we've showed them everything right here here's the waste that comes in here's where it comes from here are the tanneries we get it from here's how we break it down here's how we build it back up this is the kind of material we're shipping to an aviation partner. We've showed them everything, like nothing is off limits. And um, it's just been so well received, right? Which is really exciting. I mean, and also going in to see a factory, it's kind of like going into Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. It's really cool. <laughs> and so even myself, when I saw for the first time, my jaw was on the floor because this is the second factory Gen Phoenix has built. They've perfected this process and this technology over, you know, a decade plus, and it really shows. Um, and it really shows the kind of impact brands can have by partnering with Gen Phoenix. Definitely. I mean, just from a personal perspective, I love seeing that behind the scenes stuff. Like one of the things, yeah. I, one of the things I do miss from working in an agency was going to film on site and filming sort of like behind the scenes construction stuff, going to like car manufacturers and stuff like that. So sure. yeah, I could I could definitely see why there's an appetite for that on social media. Also, as you say, it can be quite aesthetically pleasing seeing all this stuff. You can get real get some sort of like ASMR vibes going with like how people are like <laughs> doing those repeating processes over and over and stuff like that. It can be very, very satisfying to watch, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. Um, so obviously, Elise, you've got maybe a sort of privileged status to be able to make big noise around sustainability initiatives as it is sort of baked into the industry that Gem Phoenix is in. What if a company is only making sort of like small wins in terms of sustainability innovation? Like how can they make a big deal out? Or should they be making a big deal out of small wins to begin with? Is that something worth sharing and celebrating with customers, with their audience, that kind of thing? Sure. I think, 
you know, one of the things we talk about a lot from a sustainability perspective is that it's a journey and you're, you know, and again, and Coach Topia uses this language and I applaud them for it. You know, it's progress over perfection. We we can't come out with a product that's 100% perfectly sustainable, biodegradable, right? Bio-based that meets, that it also meets the price and the performance targets that brands have and that consumers expect from brands. Um, but making, you know, small steps forward and small wins and, you know, those those wins add up. And it may not be something that you're going out with a giant press release that you've been able to move the needle on sustainability in a marginal way. But I think sharing those wins and those gains with your customers is extremely compelling, right? We're, it, we're all trying to move forward. We're all trying to solve for this together. And you should celebrate those small wins. So even if it's a customer newsletter that goes out to your network that just kind of shows, listen, we're prioritizing this, we're working towards this end goal, and look what we've been able to achieve. Um, you know, think about if you are a small technology brand creating a material that you know maybe moved the needle from a sustainability perspective and is what you perceive as a small way. But if you're working with a large partner that can take that product and scale it up and, you know, provide you an order that has, you know, significant volume. Now, all of a sudden that win gets stacked up, right? The small sustainability gain that you felt like you made when it's actually in the market and people are engaging with the end product that's where you actually start to see the decarbonization efforts really starting to get amplified. So what you think might be a small win could be a major win for your partner. And so I think sharing is the best way to keep you top of mind with brands that they know, wow, this is this could definitely be a go-to partner for us from a sustainability perspective. But also you need those brands to amplify those sustainability gains um, and make real change in the market. Definitely, definitely, yeah. Like, yeah, like if if you just reduce your carbon footprint by say like one percent or something, right. if you inspire like a hundred other companies to do a similar initiative, and they That's reduce right. their carbon footprint by one percent, that all adds up across exactly. a, a big scale. And as you said um, earlier in the uh, in the conversation, sustainability does need to be at scale to be effective at this point. Like, That's right. We do need to be like thinking about yeah. in terms of how is it applicable across abroad as amount of businesses as possible like governments seem to be rolling back a lot of their environmental policies like yeah. um we're recording this i think cop 28 just finished or it's in it the is, midst of yeah. it and yeah. some of the discussions that are coming out of that aren't very hopeful from a sustainability perspective so it is on brands and corporations now these days and as we've said as well earlier like there is a real business need for it, it is a way to sort of drive a brand forward we need to get over this idea that sustainability means cutting back on stuff when really what it does is open up more opportunities for you with the audiences and the demand for this kind of stuff and we you know unfortunately we have seen a number of brands um promote or launch kind of sustainable lines of product but often they're limited runs they're kind of small batches of product they make a big marketing splash and then the product goes away or doesn't kind of perform um, or have the longevity of the re- their traditional line of product. 
what we're aiming to do at Gen Phoenix is completely go against um, that path. We want, you know, what the reason we have the factory do, that we do, the reason we've worked so hard to meet the price and performance and aesthetics, you know, qualities that our customers demand is because of our belief system that sustainability only matters at scale. And we need to be in a relationship where our brands actually see us as a drop-in for their traditional leather material, because it's at that volume and that scale that we're going to see the kind of impact that we're aiming to have from a circularity and sustainability perspective. And so, you know, it is a challenge for small brands. I call it kind of pilot purgatory, right? Oftentimes, technology companies, you know, inside and outside of the sustainability category, you know, may attract a large brand. They kind of work on something together. It's a pilot. It's having a lot of success. Maybe something gets launched to the market, but in a very small quantity. And then it kind of goes flat and it doesn't really go any for, anywhere from there. So I think, you know, it's it's challenging for technology brands to cross that chasm from pilot to production, right? From small quantity orders to volume. Um, but what's really encouraging from a sustainability perspective is that brands are starting to recognize that in order to meet their very ambitious decarbonization objectives, they do need to scale up innovation. They do need to make meaningful change beyond a limited run of product. And so I think the stars are aligning, if you will, to your point, right? With its consumers, its government, regulatory bodies, brands, and innovators all coming together with the same sets of goals. And so I hope to see more um, launches in the sustainability space that are at volume, not at limited quantity. Definitely, definitely. At least I was going to ask if you um, had any way to wrap this up. I think that's a great way right there. That 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 really sort of sums up everything that we were talking about today, Lisa. Sure. Thank you very much. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Um, as I said, um, when we were setting up this episode, I'm very, very passionate about corporate sustainability, particularly moving into 2024 with everything that's going on at the moment. Um, but also, I was, um, yeah, big fan of the work that you're going to be doing with Doc Martin as well. Like, big brand in the UK. I'm going to admit, when I, I told my little brother that I was going to have the CMO from a partner with Doc Martin who's bringing out these first sustainable leather boots, it was the first time he's ever been excited about anything that I've done with the show. So. Yeah, thank you very much for that, Elise. Thank you. I hope he can get a pair of boots too. So I'll I'll keep you posted on when they're launching. They're they're really fantastic. Yeah, (laughs) he's he's definitely looking forward to them as well because it's it's something that he's passionate about as well, as well as being passionate about Doc Martens as a brand. So yeah, sure. um, So yeah, um, but yeah, I think there's plenty and plenty of great advice from this discussion, both for B two C and B two B brands, brands of all different sizes, about how we need to start singing from the the rafters about our sustainability initiatives, big or small. And I think that's something we need to see a lot more of in 2024. I agree. Thank you, Will, so much for your time and for having me today. I really enjoyed it. No, thank you once again, Elise. And I want to thank the audience as well for joining us uh, for this episode. I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you've enjoyed it as well. We'll be back soon with some more CMO combos. Like what you heard from this CMO combo? Make sure you hit the subscribe button and leave a rating so the whole world knows how great it was.